0: Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. How do I sound? You sound great. All right. So hey, um, it's good to see you in person. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's interesting that... Uh, I've never seen you before until now, because mm-hmm. since we do our our, our, our sessions in the phone, um, I wanted to, in this session, not talk about love or relationships um, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I wanted to talk about all the other areas of my life, you know, mm-hmm. and um, as you know, I'm 49, I'm going to turn 50 in uh, less than a month, mm-hmm. and I feel like... Um, I don't think I'm going through a crisis. Uh, that's definitely not the word. It doesn't feel like a crisis, but I'm definitely going through this kind of uh, awakening, uh, almost like a reevaluation or a life audit. And I thought maybe we could go into it through um, like, a, like a death psychology union lens. Sure, um, we can do that. Obviously it's what you do.
1: Can, um, before we do that, can I just confirm that you are recording and that you're okay? You're, you understand that your sort of your confidentiality could be compromised because you are, you might plan to publish this, and you're aware of that.
0: Yes, it will be it will yeah. be compromised, and also yeah, I okay. want I want you to understand that uh, um, uh, thousands of people will be listening to the session. Although I'm fine uh, with that, I just yeah, okay, I just good. want
1: you to understand also that I'm I'm not profiting from this. By the recording in any way, uh, this right. is just for you right. and you're are for you alone. Yes. Okay. Um.
0: Yeah. Let's uh. Let's nice. uh. Let's talk like no one's listening. That's what I plan to do.
1: All right. All right. So, um, where do you want to start?
0: Man, where can I start? I want to start with um. Uh. So when I when I when I think about uh, so what I've been thinking about a lot is um. You know, a half century into my life almost. Um, no longer being in this kind of desperate, sky is falling state, which I was in for most of my life. And so I feel like in the last, I don't know, maybe five years, I finally hit play because my life has been kind of on pause mentally. And um, now I'm getting to a point where, okay, um, I'm no longer in fight or flight. Um, What does that mean? How do I want to live my life? What do I want to do? And uh, it's, it's not that I want to make these big, drastic changes, right? It's not like I'm going to change careers or, um, you know, uh, live in a different country or anything like that. But um, I do feel this kind of, um, man, I, I, I feel almost like a, a rebirth or a resurrection. And it's something I haven't felt since my uh, divorce 12 years ago.
1: How long has that been? Have you been feeling that?
0: Um, I've been feeling it uh, kind of recently. And... Um, I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like. You know, I don't know, um, how that's going to ripple into my life. I just, I just know that I feel, um, I feel itchy. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: you want to do something? Like I don't know if it's, I want to
0: do something. I, uh, I, you know, you know, what comes to my mind is the word, uh, uh, I'm due for a life audit. A life
1: audit. What, what is yeah. a life audit? So what does that, what would that look like?
0: Uh, I think um, logically it would be um, looking at all the different areas of my life and um, reevaluating. You know, um, I, I I wonder how much of my life is still um, tracing old blueprints, right? I wonder how much of my life is still um, lined with shoulds instead of um, me really uh, listening to my truth. So whether it is you know, writing books, creativity, uh, I mean, even this podcast, you know, anything that uh, um, that I'm doing from the time I wake up to the time I I go to sleep, just kind of auditing. And uh, does it line up with, you know, the, the, the new kind of becoming me, right?
1: Right. And there's also an inherent paradox, because that little list that you just read out is also kind of a should, you know. Um, Mm. so you're, it's almost like you're, you're, you're stuck in using an old framework. Like the the old framework is, you know, you're, you've always been a very goal oriented guy. You know, I still see, I I get that image of you, you know, sitting in the cafe for 10 years, banging out screenplays (laughs) and trying to get there. And now you're, you're, you're much more mature and you're doing way, way better, but you're still kind of using that old blueprint. And I Mm. think that one of the new blueprints that might Uh, a value is one that is not a blueprint in the sense that a a much more open ended. The paradox is, is that it's important to have goals and it's important to have directionality, but at the same time and simultaneously, it is also important to have no directionality and no goals and to be open-ended and open up to whatever is coming, which is an impossible thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're
0: saying, you're saying the fact that I, that I even, am trying to audit my life is a blueprint in itself. Right. Like the, yeah,
1: and is also indicative of the old blueprint
0: because why, because I want, um, something better or because it's kind of measured or what, yeah. what makes it. You yeah. Know? Cause
1: it's measured. It's hierarchical. You want something better. Mm-hmm. You're reaching and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Right, right. But
1: at the same time, because you, I think what comes with maturity is our ability to grasp paradoxes, such as the importance of, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the Tao, Taoist philosophy has this concept, I believe it's called wu Wei. I mm-hmm. might be mispronouncing it, where it's the idea of moving towards something without any desire to obtain it. It's sort of a paradoxical state of advancement without by remaining still. Mm. And I wonder if your blueprint is not just about, and I'm happy to evaluate stuff with you and look for specific things, but also I would caution, or I wouldn't caution is the wrong word. I would, I would just encourage you to think about being ready to throw all of it out at any moment mm-hmm. to reinvent it all at any moment, that, that it's all kind of, it's more of a slurry. It's more of a fluid thing than a static thing.
0: The word fluid uh, resonates with me like big time, mm-hmm. uh, neon in neon these days. It's a word. <laughs> um, no, really it's a, a fluid is, because when I think about fluid, I think about um, cause I'm very impatient. Right. So I think about mm-hmm. slowing down and, um, mm-hmm the old me was more like flood. <laughs> so fluid, there, there's, uh, <laughs> That's funny. there's poetry and fluid. There's also uh, no labels. There's no, um, you know, this idea of, of um, containment or trying to force. And so, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, this is, I don't really want to get into relationships in this session, but um, when it comes mm-hmm. to love, I'm also thinking more fluid when it comes to my expression with friends, when it comes to creativity work, um, the, the word fluid does, it resonates with me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so I, 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 uh, I find this really interesting, um, the, that, uh, just the fact that I do want to do an audit when, you know, and, and when I think of audit, I think of taxes, I think of left brain, um, mm-hmm. there's measurement, there's numbers, there's evaluation. So, um, you're saying that is, remnants of of the old so what if there was no audit what if um there was just uh it seems like you're saying there's just being and and, um staying away from measurement right
1: kind of there's there's sort of a well it's a it's really it's a it's a it's it's again a paradoxical state that it is i do want to audit i do want to look at the things but i need you not to be as entrenched in them as you were when you were younger that let's do the audit let's look at what what john wants but let's also be aware that um that this is not set in stone um that this is that it's it's almost more like by talking about by auditing and it's less about achievement and it's more about noticing i suppose at this level at a stage in our lives where it's like we look at something and just by looking at it and thinking about it it seems to transform itself Mm. so so it's it's Go ahead.
0: No, what would that look like in in life? Like, what would that look like in you know, kind of the day would, to day?
1: Yeah, sure. That would look like um, so. If I'm like when I'm blocked creativ- creatively, mm-hmm. uh, let's say I'm trying to write something and I just can't seem to get it out. Instead of fighting it, instead of sort of sort of chipping away at it and setting like a goal, I'm going to write for three hours a day, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do these things, and I'm going to do it this way. I might do those things, but mostly what I'll do is I'll notice, wow, Ben's having a really hard time getting some writing done. Uh, what's that mm-hmm. about for him? What's blocking him? And kind of start to observe it and look at it in a new way and not try to take action so much as just notice that there's a block there and kind of surrender to, to – the like, in other words, address – Address the problem in a way that it wouldn't have before. Instead of instead of attacking it head on, kind of like getting to trying to figure out what's what's in the problem or what um, what does the problem mean to me. Just 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 by no, acknowledging that there's a big problem there and doing nothing can sometimes you'll go go to sleep one night having thought about the problem, journaled about it, talked to a friend about it, uh, chipped away at it a little bit, and then let it go and sort of detach from it completely. And it's mm-hmm. like you go to bed at night with no kind of attachment to the outcome. That's really the thing is not being so attached to the outcome and you'll wake up and you'll know what the solution is. Mm. I think it's about not attaching yourself to outcomes. I think is the main thing, like moving towards a thing, but not being so invested in like, Oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to get across the finish line, but right. just be being surrendered to the idea that, yeah, this may not work out or this may not, this may not go the way I planned it to.
0: Yeah, so um e- easier said than done. Um but mm-hmm. I I hear what you're saying and I and I have been trying to swim that way. Um mm-hmm. I I most of my life have been tying the external to myself, my happy, my worth and uh mm-hmm. you know, of course that that makes you feel powerless. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so maybe what's what's next for you, what's next for me is um not an evaluation but um, just noticing and, you know, like, uh, uh, uh flow, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the word chi, fluid, um, judo, right. Yeah. Like the, yeah. As Bruce Lee says, be like water, like all of that resonates with me. And so mm-hmm. maybe it's not about, um, a life audit or reevaluating, Um, at the same time, you know, there's a part of me that is very goal oriented or very ambitious. I, I, I work hard, you know, to, to, to build something. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do I, how do I keep that side of me, but also be, that's the
1: thing is, is that you, you, you honor it by doing it. So, you know, I, um, you know, I have to like to, in order to improve at jujitsu, I have to, you know, do the things I've always done, which is, you know, eat right and get enough sleep and, drill the moves and show up to class but to improve these days it's been i've had to do some really some detachment from my own ego which is going to class and releasing the idea of trying to beat everybody because as Mm. a black belt it's harder because everyone's trying to kill you because you're a black belt like oh you know it's like they want your head on a wall
0: yeah yeah well, what and, if you're what uh, if you're competitive? What if the what what if one of the things that you are doing is competing in tournaments? I mean, the, you know,
1: then then you have to save the competition for the competition, and you have to in order to improve in class, you've got to leave park your ego at the door and be less attached to the outcome. And even in competitions, I've heard that the people who really do win kind of go to the competition to have fun, and and just right. see it as another day of training. You know, but that doesn't
0: um, mean that you're not pushing yourself in training. It
1: correctly. doesn't. So that's the concept of woo-wee. It's like you're moving towards the thing, but you're not as attached to the outcome. Mm. You know, you're just not as like, you know, like last night I went and I and I just, you know, it's really difficult when you've been doing jujitsu for 16, 17 years and someone who's like, you know, a purple belt or a blue belt who's 20 years old uh, scores a point on you or even beats you because you just, your ego can't take it because you're getting old and stuff. And so last night I really took a breath, stepped on the mat and said, okay, I'm really not going to, I'm really going to just try to let go of that. And mm-hmm. I did way better. <laughs> right, right. And I think there's something that when we get into this sort of fluid state where we're not as attached to outcomes, but we're moving towards the outcome, I think we're more creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're just, I think we're more nimble on our feet. And I think, yeah, then you can and the paradox is that you then you can you can pick the goals and move towards them. But it's it's your it's your state of mind as you're moving towards the goal that's so important. Do you know what it is, John, is when we get too prescriptive and too hierarchical and too goal driven, we become rigid, we become brittle. Yeah. And we break. You know, it's like that concept of anti fragility that we talked about, or anti fragile systems like a spider web can break and then be repaired very easily. Right? And there's just this you've gotta be anti-fragile, you've got to be you gotta be You've got to be able to, oh, whoops, that didn't work so well. That's okay. <laughs> you know, And that's not easy to do, but that's, it's a practice. It's a spiritual practice, I think. So I'm not asking uh, you to not work towards your goals. I'm not, I'm not saying Right.
0: Right. No, I, I love what you're saying. It reminds me of, um, of Buddhism. It reminds me of not getting hooked. It reminds me of uh, healthy distance. Uh, yeah. You know, and and, and
1: you, uh, are you familiar? Have you met with the Tao Te Ching? We talked about that.
0: Now, is the Dao – is that um, – uh, who's the guy? So I used to listen to – Lao Tzu. Way, Wayne Dower. Wayne Dyer.
1: I don't know. But the Dao De Jing was written by Lao Tzu You know, a couple thousand right, years right. ago. Right,
0: right. He he, uh, he studied that for a long time. And I remember when yeah. I was going through a divorce, I would uh, have a styrofoam coffee in one hand because I couldn't <laughs> afford the, the, the $10 pour-over. A donut in the other hand.
1: <laughs> and then I, I had the uh,
0: – now I drink $10 pour-over and I'm proud of it. And then I have the uh, – <laughs> the the earbuds and um, I would listen to a lot of Wayne Dyer. I almost felt uh, a disconnection to him as if like he was the dad I never had or like the, um, he comes off as very kind of human and, you know, and, um, but, but his whole thing with the Tao that was the, the, and he studied that a lot. So I think you guys are talking about the same thing.
1: Maybe. And so being, being in the Tao is being in harmony. You know, there's this story about a, a village where it wasn't raining and this rainmaker comes and he says, look, the problem isn't that it isn't – I'm not, I'm not going to bring the rain. The problem with the, the town is the town is outside of the Tao. It's outside of the balance of nature, which is why it isn't raining. And so a lot of times um, when we have – when we're brittle and rigid and we have – we're driven by ego needs and I've got to get the thing, we get kicked out of the Tao. And the natural order of, of things ceases to function. You know, um, Mm -hmm. you know. It's like I mean, a a, kind of a crude example would be somebody who's trying to get a date with somebody. If they try really, really hard, it's like, eh. But if you don't try, you just it kind of works, you know. And the same thing with a job interview. If you go in with like, yeah, I'm, I'm detached from it, and you just kind of you'll perform better, you'll just do better. So when somebody has a really strong ego desire for something, I just don't think we function at our high at our peak. I think we're we come in just you know not 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 working as well.
0: How do we know what is ego? What is ego desire?
1: Um, yeah,
0: that's a hard and, one. And and what's not? So so let, let me give you an example. Um, I recently um posted on Instagram. Um um I was uh I did a ice plunge in my pool and I came out and I I didn't have I was naked and so no one was around and so I uh, decided to uh the sun was out so I decided to get on my back and I put my um my my I pointed my taint at the sun. And I mm-hmm. did some, um, um, I don't know what it's called, perennial perennial tanning or, or something like that. And I did it for a few seconds uh, just to, for a new experience and, and just for laughs. Took a photo of it, <laughs> posted it on Instagram. And so here's, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I, it's from the side, so you can't really see anything, but I am naked. And um, it got a lot of, it's got like <laughs> over a thousand comments and 20,000 likes. And- uh, oh, now here's where ego comes in. So that was to me that was very does um, uh, does very John Kim. It was just very me not thinking. Like, I post I like, document my story whatever. The ego comes in um, when I saw that it was, became popular, mm-hmm. and then I boost I boosted the post. Mm.
1: Yeah, which
0: which is now like analytical left brain. You know, if you see a post doing well, you boost it. Um, but now it's ego driven right yeah and, and and so like for something like that i could see it i could see where okay the post was organic you just did this it wasn't planned you posted it whatever um mm-hmm. it kind of took off and now you want to boost it now you want to amplify mm-hmm. it that mm-hmm. that i could sense is ego so that's that's mm-hmm. pretty i could spot mm-hmm. that um but in life in general um how do you know what it, what is uh what is
1: well ego Ego, I mean, so ego describes the conscious self, the thing that dreams and wants and has all the, just your, you know, if someone has an ego wound, you know, from childhood and let's say they want their son or daughter to make the uh, cut at the baseball team, or something like that, that they'll be putting their ego wound onto their kid.
0: Right, so right, right.
1: usually you know that an ego, that your ego is kind of, an ego is not a bad thing. You know, an ego, like when you were sitting down for 10 years in those cafes writing, you were uh, building all these skills and you were driven by a hellhound that says, I've got to get there, I've got to get there. And then you got there. And so that was good. You know, that was good, but it wasn't good.
0: Let's pause pause there for a second. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I did get there. And and I I don't know if that's a false belief or if that is, uh, you know, through um, uh, my own lenses. But I... uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I got somewhere, but I don't well, know if I've got there. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, uh, well, the...
1: okay. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So, so, right now, your ego is speaking because you wanted to be a screenwriter. Yes. And your ego is saying, but I've been, I didn't get to the, I didn't become a famous screenwriter. That's the ego. And right. I'm saying, but John, you became a really successful writer. You learned to put a sentence together in a beautiful way, and you learned to express yourself in a beautiful way. You definitely got there you just didn't get there in a way that served your ego as much, not, not as much. So mm-hmm. right now in this moment, you are bringing your ego, you're bringing your ego lens to that question. And you can usually tell when the ego is at work, when you're bringing in outside material that doesn't necessarily seem connected to the situation. Cause the situation is, is that John is successful, is a successful writer by any standard. And, That's the information. That's the data. That's raw. That's right there. But your ego is saying, no, 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 no. (laughs) I didn't become a successful screenwriter. So it was all for naught. And that's, it's just so preposterous. And you can see, usually you can tell when the ego is messing things up because it kind of looks, if you really map it out in your head a little bit, in a kind of a mathematical way, it looks really ridiculous. <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. Um, and I mean, you, you know, the Metallica analogy, you know, about that, that story, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the, the, I think the it was band? the drummer or the, say again,
0: the band Metallica?
1: The band, yeah, Metallica. Yeah. I think yeah. the band Metallica kicked early on in their career. They, they kicked out either the drummer, or the bass player, or one of the guitarists for drug use, I, I believe. Mm. And he went out and he started his own band. And his problem was that he never thought he would be successful in life unless he was as successful as Metallica. And no mm. matter how successful he got, he never thought he was successful. The, right. guy, the band that he started was Megadeth, which is... Mm-hmm. Wow. One of the most successful metal bands in history.
0: Wait, but what, is that, if, was it? It wasn't commercially more successful than Metallica, was it? I don't. I don't of know. Of course not. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But,
1: but, but probably not. But who cares? Right, but it's, it was still like, mega it's, death, it's preposterous. Right. But it's right. so that's how you know that you you know the ego's at work when it's just like there's something really preposterous about what you're saying. <laughs> like it's just like no, come on. When there's outside stuff, when there's when there's childhood stuff at work when there is other people's opinions at work, when there are society standards at work, when it seems to be disconnected from the core issue at hand, that's how you know the ego is, is doing its thing. And so let me, let me ask good. you this.
0: Um, if I feel that I got lucky, right, as a, as a published writer, mm-hmm. um, is that ego? Is that insecurity?
1: 100%. 100%. That is ego as well. So, so, because I
0: think a lot of people have the misconception that ego means uh, grand grandiosity. No, means no, no, no. Ego,
1: ego, means- ego is, no, that's a subset of the ego. So, the ego is just your everyday conscious self that has desires and dreams and, mm-hmm. and needs. You're, you, we have an ego need for companionship. We have an yeah. ego need for, um, you know, just sex, just, sex whatever, yeah. you know. Those are ego needs. So... Um the, the deeper you, the sort of the Buddha you, the the internal self, like you know, the, the classic example I would say would be Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech that came from his self, that came from his deep that came from the depths of his soul. There's not a lot of ego in that speech. It's just like bam, that's why it right, works so right. beautifully. Right. Like it almost, so, went,
0: it almost like the speech almost uh, manifested through him, like he was a vessel. Exactly.
1: Wait, exactly. but hold on, hold and,
0: on. so when you said uh so when I when you said um ego and I said sex and you said that's ego Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that also? Wouldn't food, sex, dopamine, like wouldn't wouldn't that stuff be desire? I mean, wouldn't it be needs? Like like fulfilling needs, not so much ego. Yes.
1: So, but the thing is, is that the ego has become pejorative. So the problem is, is that that we associate the word ego with something bad. There's nothing wrong with having Mm. an ego need. The problem is, is that when ego needs take over the whole show, and are Mm, I see, it's like it's. He hijacks everything, you know, because there's a time and a place to fulfill an ego need. And there's a time and a place to put it aside. And if if you are, if you don't know the difference, you're never going to be able to, to be able to discern which direction to go in, you know? And so when you are dismissing, when you're saying, oh, I just got lucky, what you're doing is you're saying, I feel like you're, you're clinging to a narrative that I failed. I failed as a writer. I didn't, I failed as a screenwriter. Right. Uh, because you're clinging to that, because your ego took such a hit, you spent ten years writing with no success. That you've clung to this narrative of John didn't make it, yeah. And the fact that, you, and when you say I got lucky, so there's a cognitive dissonance that's that's nascent in you, which is that. You clearly have made it as a writer. There's you a part of also, me
0: today that, that feels like uh, that he got lucky as far as... You
1: know. that, well, the, the, then that's how you resolve the dissonance between, I know I made it as a writer, but I also know I didn't make it as a writer. And so the only way to resolve that cognitive dissonance is to say, well, I got lucky, <laughs> right? right? Which is silly because you have made it as a writer and you need to put that in that narrative of, 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 of I'm not good enough is probably connected to a deeper wound within you that we don't have to get into today that is, you know, that, that John, that could be connected to something in your childhood, that could be connected mm-hmm. to some framework in your, you know, that, that you, for whatever reason, have latched onto. And so... That So a lot of times the, the ego stuff is not shallow at all. It can go really, really deep. But when I say, hey, John, you made it as a writer. What I'm doing is I'm challenging a deep, deep, deep ego framework in you. And you're, that framework is pushing back hard and saying, no, Ben, I'm clinging to this one. I'm going to keep this.
0: I wonder if this you know, I got really lucky growing up where uh I grew up in the eighties eighties, the, the one of the only Asian kids on the block. All the Asian kids around me got really bullied and um beaten up and stuff and I uh didn't because I had an ability and that ability kind of protected me, whether it was spinning on my head or riding, you know, BMS bikes or whatever. And I wonder if this idea of fitting in is something that I um that I kind of hold on to, or mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if that's tied to any of this, when it comes to wounds, you know, yeah. always trying to fit in, whether that is, uh, you know, with the cool kids or, you know, when I joined the fraternity or, you know, uh, also just living in LA, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this, this whole idea of fitting in, mm-hmm. um, I wonder what, if that's tied to, uh, my, my craft, my, my, me as a writer, mm-hmm. um, feeling like I got lucky as in I I don't really fit in, but I'm trying to, if that, does that make Mm -hmm. sense?
1: Yeah. It makes complete sense. Like, I feel like if
0: you're a therapist who writes self-help books um, and especially if you're a bestseller, you have to have, uh, you know, the PhD after your name, you have to have gone to an Ivy Mm -hmm. league school. Um, I'm a C student who went to Cal state Northridge with, you know, horrible Mm -hmm. SAT scores. And Mm so, I feel fraudulent. Right. And so even when I, you know, writing my own self-help book, um uh, the first mm-hmm. time it was like, I, I don't have a Harvard degree. What, what can I, what can I, um, write that's going to be of value, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, I'm not that person, but yeah. I am trying to fit in constantly. And, and I wonder yeah. with this whole angry therapist thing, I wonder if I went rogue because I knew there's no way I'm going to be, uh, the, the, uh, the Dr. Drew, right. There's no way I'm going to be the, uh, The um the smart with the letters after his name kind of uh, Mm -hmm. guy, so I'm just gonna, you know, uh, shine my taint at the sun. Uh, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna get on my motorcycle, meet you at the park. Um, That's great. I'm gonna start a blog and talk about my feelings. I'm gonna do, and I wonder if all of that is kind of a way of running away from my idea of. the the quote unquote therapist because I wasn't qualified. So I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to do my own thing because I don't fit in, you know, going back to this idea that I don't fit in.
1: Yeah. I would, I would challenge that a little bit. I would say that you have taken an end run around all that PhD bullshit because that's what it is, by the way. It's a, well, I think, it's a that's, I think
0: that's what happened indirectly. I never intentionally yeah. – I, yeah. I, I never had like. I mean that would take someone with a lot of confidence but, to be like, hey, I'm going to challenge the system. But what it I'm was, saying – no, no. Yeah.
1: I'm not saying you ran away from it. I'm saying that you actually connected with something deeper, more authentic because in my opinion, the whole PhD thing is a massive cultural ego construct. Sure, sure, And you, you, when you're pointing your taint at the sun, you're kind of coming from a place of, yours, of the deeper self. You're just like, I don't care. Fuck you, world. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I think that's what you did. And I, I think that, that your success is attributable to the fact that you listened to something deeper. That, look, Look, when you stopped doing the screenplays, when you said, I don't care if I have a PhD, I'm going to do this anyway, you ignored a lot of ego stories. I think that your success is because you connected with something deeper.
0: Oh, then, then, um, then screenplays. Then, yeah, then, right, then right, right.
1: screenplays and PhDs and all that bullshit. It's like you, you found, you came, you, you came from a place of depth. You know, that's what I think. That's what I sense from you, anyway.
0: I think I found the title to my next book. It's "Put Your Taint at the Sun." Point your taint. At the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's awesome. <laughs> that could be. My next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um oh boy you hey i don't have a, i don't have a i don't have a
0: clock in front of me so you have to let me know when it's, it's uh 4 okay yeah when it hits 40 um i i, but, I think you know you, you know what it what it is and i and i'm really gonna um put what you're saying into uh uh my back pocket uh, as mm-hmm. i as I turn fifty, and um it's definitely something that I, I'm i aware of and I know that I need. So what you're saying isn't new, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's it is what has been prescribed, I think, uh, for me. I, I'm mm-hmm. still learning how to do it, and that is um not chase things, which is which is mm-hmm. something that I, I used to do and I talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. And um I'm extremely impatient. So the opposite of that, and uh settling mm-hmm. in, being grounded, being patient, mm-hmm. um, being present. And uh, focus on noticing instead of like this idea of achievement, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, here's another example, you know, I'm, I'm running, um, uh, I, I, I've been running retreats lately at our, uh, our vacay home in Idlewild and I just uh, sold out this retreat and uh, it's completely sold out. I have no more room. I, I rented an entire uh, hotel, a motel, a, the, the entire thing I rented. It's all fully booked. And yet, mm-hmm. I got a couple more emails today and I'm like, okay, I want to get, I want to get two more people in. I want to get this Mm -hmm. one more person in. I'm going to now rent a couple more Airbnb. I'm going to get one more person in. And it's just like, I got to I I can't stop because I've already, already filled. I like, there's no more room. I have no more beds. And now I'm thinking of ways to, you know, now rent more houses just to get a few more people in and get a few more people in because I I don't know if that's ego, if that's selfish. That
1: that is 1000% your ego. And I would be very careful with that. Because you know, there's only so much of you to go around at those things, and I would. Yeah. Be very I mean, I do thoughtful. have a team, but yeah, I would slow down and be very thoughtful yeah. about that kind of thing. Because it's cool to make money, and it's cool to be popular, and it's cool to like expand your projects, and like you know, that's yeah. awesome, good for you. And I, I wouldn't say don't do it. I'm saying slow down when you feel. Or, or you're, you're
0: saying, or you're saying, start a wait list, right? Which is more, like, like close the door. You don't have to like kick him out of the Yeah,
1: what I'm saying is that when the ego is at play, when you when you wonder if the ego is at play, it's time to slow down and be more thoughtful and get more outside opinions and be more patient. Um, because the ego will often will behave very impulsively. You know, uh, I would say remember the fry festival, the fire festival f- yeah, yeah, uh, fiasco. Yeah, right, right. That was basically a huge ego Sure. Uh,
0: that was all fabrication. insanity. And, that and, was yeah,
1: all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying you're doing that. I'm not saying you're doing that, but I'm saying that
0: that could have been me for sure. That is, they, <laughs> that's what a, uh, that's exactly what, that's an amplified John Kim production is the, f- oh, the Fry festival. Yeah. That, that sounds that. like me. Well, uh, I, I, I don't want that to happen to me, but, uh, that, no, that's don't
1: like let's not No, no, no fire festival yeah. for you, sir. <laughs> um, I,
0: um, I, uh, you, you know what there is. Um, and you know, I needed the help of, of, um, my, my friend Paul, but, uh, we actually were uh, speaking of festivals. We were in the middle of um, creating uh, in Vegas at Red Rock, a single on purpose to festival. And we found a space and we we're, I mean, big numbers. And we're trying to, you know, and we, the website and everything. And um, we actually took it down because uh, both of Paul and I, we felt it. Um, it was, mm-hmm. it was starting to become about ego, about, mm-hmm. uh, we were kind of losing the essence of the purpose of, mm-hmm. um, you know, helping single people. And now mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to like create this giant festival with headliners mm-hmm. and all this. And um, mm-hmm. we paused it and yeah. I felt really good about it. And that was the the most recent experience where I did pause. Um, I don't know if I would have done it alone, but with the help of Paul and us both agreeing, we paused it and it felt right and mm-hmm. safe
1: and good. So Yeah. That's the, that's the deeper self. When something feels right and good and kind of unglamorous, that's kind of when you know something deeper is at play.
0: Let me ask you this, and we could kind of end on this because uh, uh, then we don't have to expand that much. What would it look like in relationships? Uh, I tend to bring everything back to that, um, mm-hmm. but that's just part of you know my my audience. But what would it look like in relationships to check your ego? To like, how uh, do you know sure. if, if something is a need or you're being? Well, needy? I
1: think the simplest one is like when you're having a fight with somebody, you want to be right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you want to be
1: right. Right. No, yes, that's an obvious one. Um, When you're really not thinking about the other person, you're really not thinking about the health of the relationship. I think that that all relationships suffer because people, when people have, people have conversations that harm the relationship because all they're thinking about is their needs in the moment, whatever those needs are, whether they want to be right, right, whether they want to be heard, whether they want to, Exact revenge on their spouse, or hurt their spouse, or something like that. People damage the relationship, and it's when they stop. Do you
0: think that? Do you think um, we should not have needs in a relationship, or do you think there are some? We we need to, to, to but but
1: but 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 there's a point where I think everybody knows internally when you're headed down a path with your partner that's damaging, and we it's sort of like damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead, that kind of stuff. And I think everybody knows on some level that they're doing that when they're doing that. And yeah, you do have needs and you do have, you do have a right to get your needs met. But if your needs are not getting met and your your demand to get those needs met is going to harm the relationship, you got to be careful. Of course, sometimes the needs are going to be really acute. Like what if the person's being really abusive or the person is, you know, neglecting you? Um, then you, but then you have another, then you might go down a different path. Like, well, if this is the thing that maybe we need to go to couples therapy or, you know, in other words, just people will just set fire to everything around them in their desire to get their needs met. And that's almost never a good thing Mm. basically because it destroys, if you're destroying your life, if you're destroying the structures around you and the relationships around you in, in, in service of what you want, you are probably in trouble. Yeah, that's, that's
0: really, I'm letting that, that set in. Um, destroying things around you are setting fires uh, mm-hmm. in service of what you want. How do you know if you are setting fires or if you're... Because
1: the, the, you, you know when things are breaking. It's like saying, how do you know mm-hmm. when you come home and all your dishes are smashed? You know when you've broken shit. Right, everyone right. knows that, you know, right. everyone. And anyone who says they don't lying. People, you know when you've broken something. You know when you've fucked up. And if you don't know it, you will know it sooner or later, you know? Um, yeah. And... Uh, Yeah, that's my, that's my position.
0: Ben, what time is it? It is
1: 439.
0: Okay, we have 60 seconds. Can I introduce you since this is our first um, conversation that's Mm -hmm. public? Mm -hmm. uh, Or why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, so one of the reasons why I am seeing Ben, I've seen many therapists in my life, Mm -hmm. uh, is because I was interested in... uh, Union. I was interested in depth psychology. I was interested in, you know, Joseph Campbell. I was used, interested in all of that kind of uh, stuff, which uh, Ben specializes in. And that's why I, I, um, I uh, wanted to see you. Uh, I've never mm-hmm. seen a uh, therapist that specializes, you know, that, that went to Pacifica and has that depth psychology lens. So yeah, um, that's, that's why I called Ben. And uh, tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself. You also have a podcast as well.
1: Yeah, the podcast it's called look just tell me what to do it's available on most platforms it's all about mental health and improving your mental health um, covers everything from you know uh, dating to uh, drug addiction to I interview a garbage man about his everyday experiences um, so like I'm a, yeah, I'm a marriage and family therapist I've been doing yeah. I've been licensed since 2014. Um, I am not a technically a Jungian analyst. I don't belong to the Jung Institute. My father did. He was a psychiatrist mm. who belonged to that organization and he was deep into that stuff. So I was kind of raised in that philosophy. I also saw a Jungian therapist, Jungian analyst for nearly 30 years, um, which is a lot of years for somebody who's only 48 years old. Cause usually yeah, wow. uh, people don't come to that when they're until they're much older, but yeah. I started with him when I was, I think 14, 13, wow, 14. Wow. That's crazy. So, um, and, uh, I love what I do. I'm, I do I very much get into the dream analysis stuff. I'm kind of a, I'm an odd mixture of sort of goal oriented, do it this way therapy. Like this is just telling what to do therapy and very open-ended yeah, yeah, yeah. and, um, uh, kind you're of very direct into-
0: like I am. You know, yeah, which I, which, I, would which I do say. appreciate.
1: What um yeah. where can
0: people get a hold of you as we end? Uh, if you want uh, to with, uh, you can your, email
1: me at, at yeah. Benjamin Russick, that's B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-R-U-S-S-A-C-K at gmail.com. Uh heck you can give me a call uh at 1908 Hey, You're why nuts. not? You're giving your I'm, phone number out? uh well you can I get it, it, it out if you want hey, uh, hey you no
0: can... no i'm not i'm not editing that shit out. hey everyone call Benjamin. call ben, call, I'll, call, call ben uh, on
1: his phone i want that shit to ring all all night oh no <laughs> um, um, um uh my i have a website benjaminrussick.com and cool. um that's pretty much it cool. uh and i'm also i do a lot of writing myself and um I do jujitsu and I love to cook and I'm a regular human being and I'm a very open book. So I don't, I'm not one of those therapists who just sort of sits there and nods and says, oh, yes." How does that make you feel? Yeah.
0: <laughs> are, are, you, uh, are, are you, are are you also going to give out your home address? No, I'm kidding. Um, my, what's my office? No, address no, 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 no. Hey, um, <laughs> uh, one thing I didn't know about you, which um. Uh, excites me and i think is is uh, fabulous is that you're uh, a black belt in jiu-jitsu that's awesome
1: yeah you didn't know that i thought we talked no,
0: about that no no we, we don't no. have to talk about it now but okay
1: well, um, i'm
0: envious of that because when i started crossfit uh-huh. i if i had I, I don't regret starting crossfit i still do it i love it but um uh-huh. if i had done jiu-jitsu instead by now because it's been 12 years i think i would have been a black belt and one of my goals in in life was to to be a black belt at any martial art, which, and I just never had a well, time. And, Jiu-Jitsu you know, was
1: best started when you're older, but that's a whole other conversation. Listen, yeah. um, uh, I'll text me later about when you want our next, next session. I'm assuming. Yes. yes. Okay.
0: Thank you for everyone. Thank you for listening. And uh, of course I'm not going to record all my sessions, but uh, sporadically once in a while when I can feel that my ego is low and I could do this <laughs> where, where, um, well, you know, cause I don't want, if Ben and I are just tap dancing, uh, that's, that's uh because i'm paying for this i don't want to waste my money um right. <laughs> it's gonna feel fake and so it, w- yeah. the, the days that i feel like i could just really kind of like dance like no one's watching um mm-hmm. i may put them up so thanks for listening to you. all
1: right take care man